fortnightly podcast about some great stealth slash stealthy video games and also some rubbish ones on every episode we go in depth and all spoilery on one specific game and we discuss whether said game stealth and its boom boom are up to snuff my name is colin mahern and joining me on this episode is a man who occasionally goes Cha-chi, cha-chi, cha-chi. <laughs> it's Adam Carroll. Good evening. And alongside him is another man that occasionally goes, Coo-coo-coo-cha! coo <laughs> It's Josh Wise. I do do that. Hello. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Accurate. Accurate. All will become clear, of course. Well, from the episode of this podcast. But before we discuss that, we need to get into the right headspace, which means... Casting our minds back to when this game came out. So lads, tonight we're going to party like it's November 13th, 13th, the year year 2000. So first of all, (laughs) six days earlier, on the 7th of November, America had an election in which George W. Bush beat Al Gore, but nobody knew for a month oh, yeah. because it was so close that there had to be a recount. On the 18th of November, two movie stars got married and everybody, and lads, I mean everybody, mm. said it wouldn't last. And I'm including you, Adam, and I am including oh. you, Josh. <laughs> not me, not me. I, I said it would last and I have been proven correct. Right. So who's laughing now? Uh-oh. Say Colin Ahern and actors Catherine Zeta-Jones and Michael Douglas. Yeah. Who are still married today at time of recording. Unless something mad happens between the recording <laughs> of this podcast and you hearing it. But I'd say chances are, you know, they've lasted around 23 years. I'm sure the last distance between, yes, us recording and you hearing this podcast. Mm-hmm. Two days later then, on the 20th of November, Judith Keppel became the very first person to win one million pounds <gasps> on the game show that changed game shows forever. <laughs> Who wants to be a millionaire? Was this a cheater? No, that was Major Charles Ingram. He was to come. Oh, Adam, he was yet to come. So was this a legit win? This was a legit win, yeah. She is now an egghead. Oh, excuse me? <laughs> oh, the show. Oh, yeah, yeah. She doesn't have an egghead like a, shaped like an egg. Well, she might do. I don't know. I wouldn't commit to that. I mean, who knows? Funnily Maybe enough, eggheads, quite an apt television show to be talking very about. Good. Very good. Very, very good. good. It's come home to roost. Oh, oh. yes. <laughs> in music then. It better be only Mark McCabe Man next thousand, baby. Not in America because Americans, they pushed Michelle Kelly and Destiny's Child. Beyonce oh. to the top of the charts with their latest Independent Women Part 1. Question. Tell me what you think about me is what they said. And America (laughs) said, we love you. We're going to buy your single. Meanwhile, however, in the UK at number one, I do remember this group, but I also can't recall a single one of their songs right now, including this one. (laughs) It was the boy band A1 with their song, Same Old Brand New You. 
The deafening silence tells me neither of you also can remember either the song or the band A1. In movies, you can probably guess the American number one film based off the number one song. Uh, I literally said it about 40 (laughs) seconds ago. (laughs) It was Charlie's Angels, lads. Oh, Oh, shit. In the UK, a film I have such a fondness for that I never want to see it again because I'm sure it either wouldn't hold up or it might have some stuff in there that makes me go, oh, I don't know. I think I know what you're going to say because I feel the same way about this film if it's that film. Is it Bedazzled? It was the Brendan Fraser and Liz Hurley rom-com Bedazzled. I love that movie, but I've not seen it in in many, many a year. It's, it's fucking piss. <laughs> Is it really? When was the last time you saw it? Oh, jeez, it's not too long ago, to be honest. It was really? on your television. Yeah, it's poor. Oh, because I love Brendan Fraser. I, I think he's brilliant. Sometimes you just got to leave the memories alone. <laughs> but put Bedazzle to the back of your heads, lads, because now we need to turn our attention to the game that we are discussing today in a segment that we like to call Back of the Box. So, yes, the game we are talking about today, I'm delighted to tell you both and the listeners at home, doesn't have the suffix colon the video game. No, no, no. (laughs) It is merely called Chicken Run. Now, what is Chicken Run? Well, in a sentence, it is Metal Gear Solid with chickens and early 2000s mini games. Uh, The platforms and release dates of this one then came to a a lot of different platforms. It, uh, I guess its lead platforms were Dreamcast and Sony PlayStation, where indeed it did come out in North America on the 13th of November in 2000, and it came to Europe then about a week later on the 24th of November, just over a week. It came to PC on the 15th of December that year in Europe, came to Europe first, and then it came to America on the 14th of January 2001. And that's all the one version, right? That is the version that we played for this podcast. However, there was another version of Chicken Run because (laughs) you saw this a lot back in today around this time period where a game we spoke about on this podcast before even, Splinter Cell, where there was like a handheld version and there was um, another version and Batman Arkham had a similar thing as well, didn't it? I suppose Blackgate. But for Chicken Run, there was the version that we played. Let's just call it, for lack of a better term, the main version. (laughs) And there was a handheld version that came to the Game Boy Color on the 8th of November, 2000. It was actually out before this version that we played. Now, I didn't play it. I believe Adam Carroll didn't play it. No. But Josh Wise, I don't know if you played it in the last fortnight, but you definitely played it in the year 2000. Fuck yeah. I played the shit out of it. For me, for me, that is the main version, you know. Uh, that, that is, that's the definitive Chicken Run game. Quite different, actually. Not the, the Game Boy one, not really a stealth game. You just run around collecting stuff and trying to guide chickens... Uh, to the exit of the level, and it's a sort of isometric uh, perspective. Uh, but the colours were quite, the graphics were quite cool, and I remember like liking it because I love the movie. But yeah, sort of more about running around and avoiding certain things and leading chickens to an exit. That's my memory of the game. I, I had a look at gameplay, all right, on YouTube, and it seemed Abe's Odyssey esque in that you were oh, okay. leading people to a goal. 
or people, chickens. Chick- chickens, um, chickens, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and you, you played as Rocky predominantly, wasn't it, rather yes. than Ginger? Yeah, that's my me- that's my memory of it. It was really, it, it, yeah, it felt, yeah, the Abe's Odyssey comparison sort of spot on. Yeah, you were sort of leading them, trying not to get them killed, was my memory of it. So let's have a look then at the back of the physical box, and what the three of us have in front of us is the back of the UK PC box. Um... There isn't an awful lot to run through here, apart from, of course, you've three screenshots of the game and you have cutouts of the characters from the film. Not characters from the game. You have how they look in the film on the back of the box because they look better and you want to try and sell this to as many people as possible. There is a, a few bits of text I wanted to read out. Up near the top of the box, it says, Relive the hilarious action from the blockbuster film. <laughs> so it is telling you, you know, this is attached, this is a movie tie-in. And I should say, if I haven't already, and I don't think I have, of course, this game is based on the Aardman film from the year 2000, Chicken Run. There's some key features of the game also on the back of the box. Uh, so in a little bullet point list here next to Rocky's head, I've just noticed on the back of the box, Ginger, the protagonist of the game, doesn't actually feature is interesting <laughs> but yes the key features bullet point list it says huge detail 3d immersive environments characters voices and locations based on the film yeah, based, based on them, based on them. <laughs> another point highly involving gameplay and an easy control system okay, okay and last one something for everyone including stealth puzzle solving and arcade elements Mm. I presume they're calling the mini games arcade elements. Yeah, chicken catapult. Sure, sure. Why not? So yeah, that is the back of the UK PC box for Chicken Run, and this is the part of the podcast where I typically recap the story of Chicken Run. So, or well, the story of the game that we're talking about today, Chicken Run. Now, <laughs> Chicken Run, the game is no doubt, we'll get into this a bit deeper later on, but it is no doubt a retelling of Chicken Run, the movie's story. But I don't want to fall into the trap of retelling the film story (laughs) myself, right? So I'm going to recap the game story and how the game tells you the story of Chicken Run. Slightly different. So, first of all, somewhere in England, there is a chicken farm. The chickens on this farm want to escape. We're not sure why, but they do. Cool. They're also able to communicate with each other via the English language, and also some of them do mad shit like knitting. It's all good stuff. (laughs) Our protagonist, I previously mentioned, is a a hen called Ginger. Uh, We know that because the subtitles say Ginger before she speaks. Uh, Throughout the story... She's the chicken that is tasked with collecting items in order to come up with ways for these chickens to escape the farm that they are on. This big uh, collection of chickens. She must do so, of course, without being spotted by the farm's owners, Mr. and Mrs. Tweedy, or their vicious snarling dogs that patrol the farm. She then gives the items, once she has them collected, she gives them to various hens around the farm who help her to construct things like disguises and very elaborate machinery in order to aid their escape. So the first escape attempt sees the chickens dressing up as Mrs. Tweedy, and it's a it's a, a rip-roaring success, really. They escape the farm. But then there's a video of the film Chicken Run that plays where a slightly different-sounding ginger says the plan wasn't a success. <laughs> I don't know. Sure. Anyway, some American boy chicken then lands on the chicken farm while ginger is a bit upset. 
And then during the next scavenger hunt, we learn that that boy chicken, the cockerel, his name is Rocky because Ginger runs up to him and she says, Rocky, which is quite handy. She did that because otherwise I'd be like, who is this guy? (laughs) Anyway, he helps gather some items for Ginger as well as she prepares to try a couple more escape attempts. Three, in fact. These escape attempts are presented in the game via mini games. And as the player, you have to hit a certain requirement in order to pass these mini games. So you have to succeed to a point, I suppose. But that doesn't work narratively, so these attempts are deemed unsuccessful in the story. Sure, whatever. And the reason I know, I suppose, that it's not successful is that another scene from the movie Chicken Run plays after you've done these uh, escape attempts. And in the scene, Mr. Tweedy grabs Ginger by the neck because he, quote, has a score to settle with her. It's a completely unrelated bit of video to what was happening in the game prior. Completely unrelated. Anyway, he straps Ginger up to this chicken pie making machine, which is literally the first mention of this. You have no idea what's happening if you're, when you're watching. But sure, Rocky, the American chicken, he saves Ginger from death and then they run off to tell the others about what may await them, this dangerous chicken pie making machine. Cool. Another scene from the movie plays where a cockerel called Fowler. Before this he's just the guy who grades you on your performance in the game's mini games. But anyway, Fowler <laughs> presents Ginger with a postcard that has an RAF plane on it. So Ginger says they're going to build one of them and they're going to use it to get out of there. Ginger is also quite dismissive of Rocky here. I think she says something like, yeah, we don't need Rocky anyway, we're going to build the crate. Something along those lines, right, when she's <laughs> talking to another chicken named Babs about the plan to build the plane. <laughs> At this point in the game, nothing has been suggested that Rocky has done anything bad. I don't know why Ginger is dismissive of Rocky, but she is. Cool. Ginger gathers all the necessary parts to build the plane. Uh, she gets some help from two rats called Nick and Fetcher, who are good lads. Then another scene from the movie Chicken Run plays. In it, Mrs. Tweedy looks to stop the takeoff of the plane right at the last second. And in fact, she's going to chop the bastard head off of Ginger with a little <laughs> hatchet that she has. Things have escalated quite quickly. Rocky, the American, is then seen riding a little tricycle thing over the very high fence of the farm and he stops the homicide of Ginger. The plane takes off. Ginger and Rocky are able to scamper on and then they almost kiss. Uh, the, oh, there's some sexual tension here amongst the chicken. <laughs> we aren't privy to any of that. Mrs. Tweedy has somehow, she's she's oh, she's climbed up some fairy lights that were hanging off the plane. Doesn't matter. Anyway, she's grabbed onto it. She's hanging on. So the chickens then must fly their plane contraption into various tall landmarks that are on their journey to escape uh, in order to knock her off. They do. Mrs. Tweedy falls from the air into her pie-making machine. It explodes She doesn't die. She's made of tough stuff, but she is quite cross. Anyway, the chickens escape, Rocky and Ginger kiss, and then they all live happily ever after until the second film, which is out at time of you listening to this, if you're listening to this when the podcast is published. Uh, The second film, Chicken Run, Dawn of the Nugget, is out in three days' time, I think it is. I don't know what's been happening in the meantime. We will all find out together. But that is the story of Chicken Run, the video game, which isn't called Chicken Run, the video game. It is just called Chicken Run. But yes, specifically the game and not the film. So the developer of this one then, who is behind Chicken Run? Well, like Looking Glass from our last episode... 
the developer of Chicken Run is actually now defunct. A lot of listeners, honestly, probably don't know a lot about this developer. And that is fair because their heyday was quite a bit ago. But the studio that made Chicken Run was a company by the name of Blitz Games. And to talk about Blitz Games, one must look at the two men who set up the company that would become Blitz Games. Because I guess when I talk about their heyday, I am specifically talking about those two men. Andrew and Philip Oliver were better known as the Oliver Twins. So in 2023, they may not exactly be household names, but they were like super important to the British scene in the 80s. And thankfully, Andrew and Philip have a website, olivertwins.com, wherein their story is detailed. So I'm going to use quite a bit from that. So the story begins in 1980 when the 12-year-old Wiltshire England-born twins first discover computer games. They got this Pong clone thing for Christmas that they could hook up to their television. And only 12 months later, they started trying to create their own games using a Sinclair ZX81 that their older brother had bought. They upgraded their setup over the next couple of years, eventually making games on the BBC Model B computer. And this led to their first taste of national stardom because in 1983, they won a game design competition that ran during the ITV Kids Magazine TV programme, The Saturday Show. They, they got on telly at only 15 years of age. The prize for this game design competition was a computer, but the twins already had one, so they were offered a different prize. You can see the clip online, and it's flipping brilliant. I really <laughs> like it. It just screams 1983. Everything about it is excellent. But in the clip, <laughs> you hear the host explain how... The, the Oliver Twins already own a computer, so we're not going to give them that. We're going to give them a different prize. And the host says, quote, You've decided to go for what's called a high-resolution monitor, whatever that is, for goodness sake. I suppose you lot know. Whatever this high-resolution <laughs> monitor nonsense. It's great. It's fantastic. In 1983, the brothers' first game was released. A bit of a different way of releasing the game to today, I suppose. The game was called Roadrunner. And it was, I believe, a car racing game. But the code for the game was published in Computer and Video Games magazine, CVG, so that readers would be able to copy the code and then enter it on their computers and then they would then be able to play Roadrunner a different time. Talking to Discovery Channel in 2003 for a documentary called Game Heads, spelled with a Z, brilliant. The Oliver Twins said, quote, It was just so cool to be able to go into school and say, look, that's our work, and just run through it with other kids. They spent the next few years making games, honing their craft, uh, in between schoolwork, obviously. On their website, the Oliver Twins said, quote, By the summer of 86, we had finished our A-levels and not wanting to go to university, we convinced our parents that we should take one year out to try and set up a business developing games. Everyone around us thought we were mad, but we didn't want to do anything other than make games. That year, they attended the London game show ECTS to pitch a game to publishers. The idea was a platform game centred on Robin Hood called... Well, it was, it was called Super Robin Hood. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like Robin Hood, but a super. One company went for it and said they'd give the brothers £10,000 to make it. The company was another fledgling outfit set up by two brothers of a similar age, David and Richard Darling. And the publisher, the company, 
was Codemasters. From the Oliver Twins site, they said, quote, We set ourselves the daunting task of completing the game in inside a month. We worked shifts of 18 hours per day, seven days a week, eating while we worked. During the periods when we were both awake, one had to prepare their code on paper, whilst the other used the computer, making sure the computer was used for 23 hours per day with two short breaks to allow it to cool. The game was successful enough that they'd earned back that £10,000 within months, so everyone was buzzing. The Oliver Twins then started a schedule of a game every month. Jesus Christ. (laughs) They released another platformer set in a haunted house called Ghost Hunters. Then they did a racing game called Grand Prix Simulator. They were just loving it. Both the Oliver Twins and the Darling Brothers of Codemasters. Everybody. For their next game, they decided to have another pop at a platformer. And the result was the game that they are still most associated with today. They went more cartoony than they had done before. That was the aim, in fact. The star of this game was an anthropomorphic egg. (laughs) Of course! The game in question was 1987's Dizzy. Success wasn't immediate, though. The twins did say, quote, Sales were not as good as our other Codemasters games, but reviews were good. However, over time, rather than sales declining, they kept increasing until eventually we knew we needed to make more Dizzy games. Over the next few years, we created seven more Dizzy adventure games, and since he was so popular, we also created five Dizzy arcade games. People couldn't get enough of Dizzy, and he became one of the most famous video game characters in the UK and across Europe. He even made it to America on consoles. In between Dizzy games, the brothers were making loads of simulators they made professional ski simulator jet bike simulator fruit machine simulator they were (laughs) such golden boys in the 80s that activision got them to code a ghostbusters 2 game they were doing very very well come 1990 and the brothers decide to jump on the home console wave and they start producing games for the Nintendo Entertainment System, the Master System, Game Gear, Mega Drive. Uh, they set up shop in Leamington Spa as Interactive Studios, which is the name they went for first. However, sometime in here, things did start to turn. The decline wasn't immediate, far from it, but the twins did say on their website that things did begin to go down as their main publishing partner came into some challenges. They said, quote, Sadly, producing cartridge games, particularly NES cartridges, caused Codemasters some legal challenges and some things got very difficult for them and their North American distributor, Camerica. This resulted in delays in our games being released, and many not being released at all. Since all our game contracts were based on royalties, that meant not getting any income for quite a lot of them. At the time, we just increased our costs by taking on offices and staff. The name change to Interactive Studios was to show that they weren't just the Dizzy guys. So, what do you do when you want to show you're more than just an anthropomorphic egg? Well... You show people you're an anthropomorphic glove as well. (laughs) So in 1998, Interactive Studios launches the Nintendo 64 and Windows game. It came to PlayStation a year later in 1999. But yes, the game uh, was called, well, it's, you know, it's about a glove. So what do you call it? You call it Glover. The PS1 port was panned. But the 98 version was pretty well received. I mean, if you didn't live through the era of mascot platformers, 
it's very hard to imagine a game where you play as a glove, I'm sure, <laughs> if there's some younger people listening. But that was the 90s, kids. We were loving gloves. What can I say? By 1999, the company was about 100 people and they were doing pretty all right at this stage. They looked again at the name Interactive Studios and they said, ah, it's actually a bit of a silly name, isn't it? So they underwent another name change. Blitz Games Studios and around this time they begin to do a lot of contract work uh, doing games based on pre-existing properties like Action Man, The Mummy, Lilo and Stitch and the game we're discussing today, Chicken Run. And that pretty much is the story of Blitz Games up until the launch of Chicken Run. I could bleed into some of the games they made after Chicken Run but somewhere down the line I do hope we will return to Blitz Games because they have other stealth games in their catalogue including one that advertised a very famous chain of burger restaurants called Sneak King. (laughs) So yes, that is the story of Blitz Games up till the release of Chicken Run. So the publisher then, the publisher of this one is the publisher that we have covered the most on Stealth Boom Boom. It is IDOS Interactive. We even spoke about them on our last episode when we talked about Thief the Dark Project. So yeah, we we have looked at four IDOS games this year. Hmm. So as I mentioned last week, or or two weeks ago, if you want the IDOS story, listen to both our Commandos episode from June and and our Batman Arkham Asylum episode from October, and you will get more or less the basic IDOS interactive story. The sales of Chicken Run... Who knows? What? <laughs> Guys, sure don't. If somebody does, give me a shout. It would be good. But yeah, I have no idea. It's very hard to find the sales numbers of Chicken Run. Uh, the critical reception of this one, however, I can tell you that. On PC, it is a Metacritic score of 59. On Dreamcast, it has a Metacritic score of 68. And on PlayStation 1, it had a Metacritic score of 75. And that is your Chicken Run back of the box. So, we are going to take a quick break now, but you, dear listener, you do not have to take a break. The train keeps on a rolling because what you now get to hear is the audio from a video on the internet. I can, <laughs> I've seen titled a couple of things, but basically, Chicken Run Trailer is what I have seen it called. You have a listen to that, and then we will be back on the other side of it to discuss. Hi, Mac. We need to get out of here, and I've come up with a brand new plan. Well, Ginger, let's hear it. I've noticed that some parts of the fence are quite rusty, and I wondered if we could cut through it. This will be great for the disguise. Thank you, Ginger. It will be nice to do a bit of dressing up. Right. That's everything. At last we'll be able to escape from this farm. Then let us discuss the marketing and press coverage, the pre-launch press coverage of Chicken Run. So first of all, lads, let us talk about the pre-launch marketing. And let's start off by discussing the trailer that our listeners have just 
uh, well, they have just heard. I suppose I will first say that I don't know if this is definitely a real trailer, but I think <laughs> it is. One person I, I found on YouTube who uploaded it, Jake is the uploader, and somebody asked him, did you do this yourself? And the uploader said, no, I got it from the Chicken Run DVD. It was a European copy of the DVD. Sorry, I meant the UK copy. <laughs> it was probably one of those enhanced DVDs sold he put into PC and it gives you the trailer. Do you know what? No, I, I do think it is a real trailer because up in the top left of the screen, you see the words gameplay hyphen work in progress. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. <laughs> and there are definitely points of the trailer where you see like there's, there's mini games in there that are definitely not fully put together in what we would play. And even if you look at some of the gameplay of, let's call it the regular gameplay um, where you're playing as Ginger, it also does look a bit different than what we would play. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is this is legit. But Josh Wise, if you see this, you stick your Chicken Run DVD into the computer <laughs> or maybe this is on the menu. Who knows? I don't know. You see this. Are you going, I'm ready for this. This looks good. Oh, yeah, almost certainly. Almost certainly. Because, well, I, I love the movie very much so. And when you're, you know... Seven years old, you don't know what's going on in any fucking respect. So I think if I saw this trailer, I I would I'd yeah that would be. In fact, I don't know why I didn't. I mean, we didn't have I didn't have a PlayStation until a couple of years later. So maybe that's why because we didn't. I I think if I saw this, I would have definitely been not. I'd be like, right, that's the that is the Christmas game. Would it have been your Christmas game, Adam, if you saw this trailer? Uh yeah, I guess so. I was an absolute uh, demon for like. Um, my childhood movies and seeing a game and just being like, oh my God, it's going to be the best. I was like <laughs> yeah. that with Toy Story. I was that way with Small Soldiers. Anything that was coming out of a movie that I loved, I was like, oh, give it to me. That's going to be the best thing I'll ever play. <laughs> so that is your pre-launch marketing for Chicken Run. I didn't find any other trailers or any of the like. There are no dev diaries, sadly, for, for Chicken Run. So let us now get on to the pre-launch press coverage. Of Chicken Run. So, nothing. <laughs> there's, just, there's just nothing. I suppose I shouldn't say nothing. There are some articles on IGN and GameSpot that are a game based on uh, the popular movie Chicken Run is coming out this fall. Like, yeah. but, but there's, there's nothing terribly interesting. There are no, no interviews. No, just, just nothing. Do you think Blitz games like were... were Maybe after getting in contact, some of these people were like, hey, come on, do you want to do an interview on top of the game? And they were just like, no, there's no fucking need. It's Chicken Run. It's going to be unreal. That's it. Game over. Happy days. Why do you need to do the press tour? The logo on the front what of the box What else do you want to know? The chickens need to escape the farm. What's the matter with you? Go and buy it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely nothing. This is a first. This is a first for this podcast. Mm. It beat me. Chicken Run beat yeah, me. And I am ashamed and appalled at myself. <laughs> so that is your pre-launch marketing and press coverage for Chicken Run, as sad as I am to say. So we are going to take a quick break and then we are going to talk about our opinions of this very game. That we are able to talk about. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back right after this musical interlude. 
All right then, let us talk about our opinions of Chicken Run. We can't talk about the process of actually developing the game, what anyone thought about it. But yes, we all played it over the last two weeks for this podcast. But indeed, before we get on to our opinions on the game in, within the last fortnight, I want to know your knowledge of the game before you played it for this podcast. We've kind of gone over it a little bit, but Adam Carroll, you, you weren't aware of Chicken Run prior to, to playing it in the last fortnight. No, like not the game anyway, because I didn't have the DVD. I had the video. So obviously I had no way of seeing this game. Um, so yeah, it just, just had the video with the blue case. And I, I think it, there's no better time to say it than now, but like, I love that movie and I watched it again for this podcast and it's still great. Josh Wise, again, we've gone over your history, I suppose, haven't we? Big time. Yeah. Game Boy Colour, brilliant, very different. Uh, that's, that's where we are. I have only known about the Chicken Run game since before recording episode one of this podcast when I was putting together the spreadsheet that we mention occasionally on this podcast. The Bible. Yes, indeed. The spreadsheet that has hundreds of stealth games that we can pick to play for this podcast. But yeah, it's worth saying we we are all familiar with the film Chicken Run from Aardman Aardman Animations. I think we all love the film. The film is fantastic. Aardman are fantastic. Aardman are celebrated. Mm. But even though they are celebrated, I do feel like when you rewatch something of theirs, as I did over the last fortnight as well, I rewatched the movie Chicken Run, you're reminded just how good they are. Oh, God, yeah. Something like Creature Comforts or Morph or obviously the inimitable Wallace and Gromit. And even, even... Some of their more recent CG films, like Arthur Christmas, like Arthur Christmas is terrific. Mm. But the, the reason we're talking Chicken Run today, as I said, is because of the the sequel movie, not sequel game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the movie Chicken Run Dawn of the Nugget is coming to Netflix in a couple of days time. So, you know, what better time to play the original film's tie-in game than now, really? If not now, when? I ask <laughs> you. So yes, that was our knowledge of Chicken Run before we played it for this podcast. So now we are indeed going to discuss our opinion of the game. And in our review, what we typically do is we split the game up into different sections. We first talk about the game's stealth. Then we talk about its boom boom, which is its more explosive bits or just other gameplay elements. We talk about the most noteworthy mission level or area in the game to us. Then we talk about our thoughts on the story, the voice acting, the the just narrative in general. And then we have a little miscellaneous section at the end where we you know, chuck in anything that we fail to mention at any other section of the podcast. So I guess I should say, for those of you that didn't play along at home, I know I gave you the pithy uh, breakdown of what Chicken Run is, but let me give you a more thorough one. So Chicken Run is a 3D puzzle stealth game wherein you play as a chicken, mostly. You are sometimes a rat, in fairness. You are typically given a task which regularly boils down to collect items X, Y, and Z. I should say that you are collecting these items on an open map. I'm hesitant to say open world because I know where most minds go when you say open world. But yeah, I, I guess it it's a kind of open world. It's, <laughs> it's a farmyard and you can go wherever you like on that farmyard once you've opened up all routes. Mm. However, you do need to be mindful of enemies that are dotted around the map. 
Because if you are seen by an enemy, either Mr. or Mrs. Tweedy, who own the farm, or their dogs that are just patrolling around, they will give chase. And if they catch you, you will be forced back to the nearest checkpoint and you will lose one of the items that you have collected. Anyway, after you successfully collect items X, Y, and Z, uh, you then bring them to a particular point in the map. It will be one of the 16 chicken huts on the farmyard. Then you'll often have to complete a mini game that is somehow based around the items that you have collected. You do that for about four hours and then you see the credits. And that is Chicken Run. So yes, let us give you um, our opinions on the game now. Of course, starting with the stealth of Chicken Run. So... As already mentioned, I sadly didn't find any pre-launch interviews or, or I suppose I should say post-launch interviews. Just nothing, just nothing from the team behind Chicken Run. But I am sure if they did do interviews, the interviewers would ask questions like, was it your intention to make Metal Gear Solid but for kids? <laughs> and I can only imagine anyone answering the question would say, yes. Because I cannot stress this enough, especially as it is so fresh in my head after having played Metal Gear Solid uh, for our, uh, the episode that we did on Metal Gear Solid, which we um, published in August of this year. Like, Chicken Run is Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. It just is. Metal Gear Solid has the much lauded BIOS Soliton <laughs> radar in the top right. Chicken Run has a radar in the bottom right, which has indicators that mark your location, the location of items of interest, the location of enemies within a certain distance to you, and the enemy's vision cones. You know, like Metal Gear Solid. In Metal Gear Solid, the objective is to avoid being spotted by enemies. In Chicken Run, the objective is to avoid being spotted by enemies, and more so in Chicken Run, because you can't pull a handgun on your pursuers. It would be good, though. Mm. The majority of Metal Gear Solid takes place on this open map, which you can travel back and forth on. All of Chicken Run, apart from the mini games, in fairness, take place on this open map, which you can travel back and forth through. Uh, Metal Gear Solid, you're avoiding genome soldiers and you're manipulating their routes by knocking on walls. Chicken Run has you avoiding Mr. and Mrs. Tweedy and their dogs, and you're manipulating their routes or the dogs' routes. I can't remember, actually, if you can confuse the adults by doing this but you confuse the dogs by lobbing Brussels sprouts around the farm mm. I don't think dogs are famous for liking sprouts but whatever <laughs> I don't I, I, you know sure it's a ball like thing mm. it's a sphere that a dog sees so a dog is probably going to go after one that's flying through the air I would stress this to listeners once you're finished listening to this podcast obviously go look up some chicken run gameplay because I don't even know if I am being clear enough from my comparisons like chicken run it's metal gear solid and it's it's such an interesting thing because you know here is this very popular video game for adults let's make a kids version yeah it feels like something from a bygone era and for a lot i suppose probably because it is even let's disregard the fact it's a movie tie-in which you don't get a lot these days the idea that they have stripped so much from this other popular video game that came out two years prior to this one coming out in order to create a junior version that's just very interesting and like side note the composers of the Chicken Run movie soundtrack uh, you obviously hear their work in the game as well here and their names are John Powell and Harry Gregson Williams Harry Gregson Williams would be 
the man that would go on to do the soundtrack on Metal Gear Solid 2, Sons of Liberty. Oh, whoa. That's, is that, because the composer of the game is Rob Lord, though. Uh, well, you know, I'm sure there was original tracks for the game as well. But certain things like the, the main theme that appears in the film also appears in the game, or a version of it. You know what I mean. In fact, for our listeners, here's a little cut-together snippet of that main theme. You're going to hear the film version, and then you're going to hear the game version as well, interspliced. I think that Harry Gregson Williams note still stands. All right? (laughs) I just looked at Wikipedia. Coming in here with your facts. (laughs) Anyway, back to the chicken run as Metal Gear Solid thing. It's Metal Gear Chicken. Chicken chicken Gear Solid. What's... Yeah, Chicken Gear Solid, Metal Chicken Solid, or Metal Gear Chicken. I I say Metal Chicken Solid is the funniest, and we should probably go with that. I think so. I think so. Now, this may shock you. Right, this may shock you, this may shock our listeners. I don't think Chicken Run is as good as Metal Gear Solid. What? I must be honest. I must be honest, right? And that is for a couple of reasons that I will get to. A lot of them, to be fair, do revolve around the camera. But first, I did just want to mention how similar this is to Metal Gear Solid. Uh, and I'm saying that, you know, as someone with no nostalgia for the game, I must say, I was a bit surprised. Mm. And like, do you know, I kind of oddly respect it to just rip off Metal Gear Solid because, because like, (laughs) this could have been a clunky piece of shit if it wanted to be. Like an absolute, like, like, it's probably the best thing they could have done for the game. And it makes it a little bit more bearable I guess if you're gonna steal from someone steal from someone who's really good and and you know I always like or I or not always I often play like big triple a games and I always again not always but often think to myself I would like to play this but I would like this to be Star Wars mm. you know all right why don't they just do this but give the guy a lightsaber and now it's better <laughs> you know I remember playing God of War and thinking you know, they should do this, but they should make it war for his son from Star Trek, and that'd immediately be better. But, you know, that's just me. That's niche. I'm all for ripping stuff off. Rip stuff off. Go mental. You know, thieve. When I was playing Tomb Raider for this podcast, I was just like, if only this were Miller's Crossing <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> Where, where's that tie-in game, eh? <laughs> no. I enjoy the Metal Gear Solidness of Chicken Run and just how <laughs> how they just took things wholesale. But, uh, but, uh, that camera. Ho, ho, my word. <laughs> so on our Metal Gear Solid episode, I did speak about how the camera in that game is, uh, it's going for a cinematic look, yes. And it overall... I think when you kind of do the maths, because it is, you know, there is an equation to it, of course, it does hurt the gameplay. So a little reminder for anyone maybe who hasn't seen Metal Gear Solid, who's coming into the podcast, um, who hasn't played Metal Gear Solid, I should say, or who hasn't uh, listened to that episode of, of this podcast. In Metal Gear Solid, the camera is in fixed locations in each area. So you can't manipulate the camera too much. 
Another famous example from the 90s, if listeners are struggling to remember, say Resident Evil. So the camera in Chicken Run. Uh, hmm. So I don't know why this decision was made. And that's maybe why it's even kind of interesting in and of itself as well. The camera in Chicken Run is sometimes in fixed locations. Typically, when you go into interiors like some of the chicken huts, but mostly it is a from-behind, third-person camera view. However, for some fucking unknown reason, the camera is at an elevated, sort of angled perspective that actually makes the view something more more between a, a from behind third person view and a top down view but also not quite isometric it is bad it is just bad so one right this halfway house nonsense makes it more difficult to tell what's around you and in an unfun way not in a ooh this is a good challenge way <laughs> it is just more frustrating like a, I spoke about how in Metal Gear Solid you are watching your radar for a lot of the game rather than the game world in Chicken Run if you want to know where anyone is you are 100% watching the radar with one caveat at night on the Tweedy's farm there are searchlights and also Mr. Tweedy will have a torch himself so they that does allow you to look at the game world rather than your mini-map. It makes it easier, I suppose, at, at the very least. But during the day, you often aren't going to see an enemy dog until the dog is moments from potentially seeing you. And two, the camera is just constantly fighting against you. Just constantly. Like, it's, it's heavy. It, it's sometimes locked up against objects for me. It just doesn't want turn when you ask it to turn a lot of the time it is exceptionally awkward like easily one of the worst cameras i've come across in the 25 games we've played this year for this podcast and listen it's a kids game that isn't terribly difficult especially up against some of the other games we've played this year even the one we played two weeks ago but one thing happens in this game that only adds to the frustration and whenever this happened to me it was because of the failings of the camera. So a little quick reminder. In Chicken Run, your main goal is go around this farm collecting these quest pivotal items. And Jesus, when you're seen in Chicken Run, an enemy will give chase. And if they catch you, it's instant game over and back to the last checkpoint. But it's the other thing that happens when you're caught. When you're caught you lose one of the items you have collected. And as far as I could gather, there is no rhyme or reason to the items, to the item, I should say, that you lose. It is random. Let's say on your person or on your chicken, you have some binoculars, an oil can and some poles and you're caught. Uh, first time you might lose the oil can second time you might lose the binoculars I tried to do a little experiment on, that, on this to see if it was random or if there was something to it I, I couldn't figure it out I don't know losing the item isn't the, the awful thing per se because it gives weight and it gives importance to the sequences where you have to avoid enemies just the let's call them the regular gameplay sequences and that's grand Another little sidebar, unrelated to Harry Gregson Williams. This time, I want to say that I hate kids, kids in quote, 
uh, games that treat children like they're absolute imbeciles <laughs> and they just want this completely easy ride. So I'm grand with a bit more of a challenging element for kids because kids don't want, yeah, they, they want something a little bit more. I, You know, I loved the Chicken Run film. I want the game, but I don't want it to be a, a, a complete pushover of a game. Mm. The thing is, the times I was spotted... It was down to the camera being absolutely rubbish and me seeing an enemy too late. It is horrendous. I, I, I mean, I agree. I, I think the, the, like the, the camera, it's not, I didn't find it like, like that terrible though. I mean, well, okay. It didn't kill me. It wasn't like responsible for my deaths so much. Did, did, did you hate that, Adam? Uh, I don't know. No, I, I like it's. It's poor. Yeah, it's like not great, but it it just it, I I think I went. Yeah, this is the kind of camera that this game would have. I guess that's very defeatist attitude, Adam. <laughs> You know, at the end of the day, Colm, I was playing Chicken Run. Metal Chicken Solid. So, so you you think all kids' games should be shite? That is what you're Palm saying? Palm them off with rubbish. That's all they're good <laughs> for. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. No, like, it's like, it's not, it's not, it's not ideal. I don't think it, 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 it caused a, a ton of, like, deaths for me. Like, my biggest problem there was just, like, the fucking dogs were just paying the whole of times, <laughs> yeah. you know, but... Uh, yeah. That was that, but like it is an awkward enough camera. It is, it is, but I could get past it. And also, that stuff sometimes that is like bad luck as well. Those kinds of issues, it could be like, oh, I was got lucky and it didn't actually happen to kill me. But yeah, my main thing with the stealth in Chicken Run was um, it is Metal Chicken Solid for sure. But um, when you're just pootling about looking for your items and doing your bits and bobs. It didn't feel very, it didn't feel all that like stealthy to me. I think partly that's the music. I sort of feel, cause it's got that sort of jaunty whistly music that's, you mm-hmm. know, um, and partly cause you're just, you're just running around a farm or I was just running around a farm. And by the way, the animation on the chickens running is brilliant. I love the little legs going mental with the little fat bodies. Brilliant. Um, yeah. I and you avoid the dogs when you see the like the radar's fine. You sort of see the cones, but you're just sort of running around. It felt more like Pac-Man than to me than it did like an actual. St- it got stealthier when you're like inside and like. Um, I did. I did also put down in the dog. I do like the little uh, the little animation when they're tiptoeing. Which, which I thought was mm. genius. And like uh, when you press against walls, uh, Metal Chicken Solid again. That's good stuff. Especially when you're inside. Uh, the, one bit in particular when you, when you, I was creeping around, Mrs. Tweedy was poking her f- fucking head around the door and I, I like flattened up against the wall. That was atmospheric and good. But it was, that was more fleeting. And actually uh, a lot of it was just like, well, this kind of, kind of more an action event. Like I'm running around. And then there's all these mini games and these other bits, which we'll talk, <laughs> which we'll talk about. But, but yeah, a lot of it's vibes. A lot of it's vibes. That that maybe it's the soundtrack. Maybe and I maybe it's the perspective and, and and that. But yeah, more of a caper than it. it didn't feel that stealthy to me. I don't know. Is that just me? Maybe For me, just- I thought like the, the the appearances of of Mrs. Tweedy and stuff coming into the rooms. That's where I could like get on with the camera because mm. I was like it just had these weird kind of angles of showing off where she was appearing and then it kind of just 
brought in that little, little tiny bit of tension that I was kind of like, oh, all right, okay, cool. This is a bit more mm. like risky, I suppose, like more than I actually expected. I kind of was, I was okay with that. I will say, just going back to what Cullum said about losing the items, absolute dog shit. Um, <laughs> don't like that one bit because that's just not fun. And like at the end of the day, the, when you're having to just run around to get those, that's not, that's, that's not fun. That's not, that's not enjoyable. I would rather have just put me, put me back a bit, I, I suppose, but leave me keep the items because that's just more than enough. I half get what you're saying, Josh, with regards to the vibes. Mm. It's a hundred percent like, you know, it, it follows the, you know, there are vision cones. You must stay out of the line of sight of, of your enemies, all that. But in, but in terms of vibes, the music is quite jaunty. And it is quite happy, I guess. <laughs> and the 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 aural feedback when you're spotted mm. is rubbish because there is none. There's no bling or just anything. I don't, like you're you're aping Metal Gear Solid. Why not have a little alert sound effect or something? That's a good point. The music that plays when you're caught is pretty good though, and it is quite evil and menacing. <laughs> and I'm a fan of that. Yeah. It's a good point. Yeah, there, there isn't, there isn't that, there isn't that. Oh fuck, no, I've been spotted. And also, because they're, I mean, it's a similar thing again with Metal Gear, but like the vision of the dogs is rubbish, and so the only time you get fucked are when the radar is rubbish, and you only see them when they're just coming around the bloody corner, and you get caught out. So actually, you can be quite cavalier in Chicken Run. You can be a swaggering chicken in Chicken Run. <laughs> One final thing I do want to say. I mentioned them earlier. Brussels sprouts. Delicious. Oh, God. Get off this podcast. <laughs> I will not. I know we are coming up to Christmas, but I will not have that type of opinion oh. on this podcast. Brussels sprouts, delicious. Get out. In, in Chicken Run, however, you do, yes, you use Brussels sprouts as your distraction device, your lure. And yeah, you lob it in a direction and then the dog will follow it or whatever. How often... Did either of you do that? I'd like to know. Adam Carroll, did you use your Brussels sprouts? Never. Josh Wise, did you use your Brussels sprouts? Uh, yeah, I, I use them loads. Yeah, again, it's all, it's all, it's, I think we're exposing my play method with chicken run here. I think I was quite uh, brutal with these chickens' lives. I, I, I was running around like mad, chucking these things. Um, and it was quite a successful tactic. I think I should have used them more. Yeah. I used them <laughs> very sparingly. <laughs> right, yeah. By the end, and I might have even used a couple of them accidentally, by the end, I think I counted 176 Brussels sprouts I had on my chicken. Lucky boy. <laughs> so yes, that is what we thought of the stealth of Chicken Run. So we are going to take a quick break and then we will be back to discuss the Boom Boom and the most noteworthy mission level or area in the game to each of us. So we'll be back right after this. All right then, let us continue our chat on Chicken Run. And before we get on to the uh, levels or areas of the game that stood out to each of us, let us first discuss the boom boom of Chicken Run. Now typically, this is usually where we discuss the more explosive parts of a video game, but also where we discuss the other gameplay bits as well. And for Chicken Run, that is good because I wouldn't say there's much explosive bits. Although, I guess you could describe some of the mini games as a bit explosive, but either way, <laughs> you're mostly talking mini games. 
So, alright, these minigames. Boys, there is some whiff of early naughties off these minigames. They are terrible. False! <laughs> Let's go through a few, alright? Let's go through a few. Doesn't have to be all of them. There are seven in total, and a lot of them are very similar. So, I'm not going to talk about either the last boss level or the level that Adam is going to discuss in the most noteworthy mission level or area bit. I'm just going to talk about the mini games that you can play over and over if you like. Um, these are the ones where at the end of them, Fowler, the RAF World War soldier style chicken, uh, he'll give you a medal at the end of these mini games. It'll be, depending on your performance, it'll be bronze, silver or gold. So the first mini game I want to talk about it's called Weight Expectations. Excellent name, but what you're doing in it. So you are launching chickens onto a mattress, <laughs> uh, which, which two other chickens are holding. <laughs> They're going to bounce on the mattress and go over the fence and escape to freedom. That's the, that's the you know, conceit. Mm. For some reason, the two chickens that are holding the mattress, in theory to aid you, they keep moving around. <laughs> <laughs> Look, what if, whatever. You know, sure, whatever. You control the launcher's direction and power in this game. There are two almost identical mini games as well. There's one where you have to launch chickens through holes in a house or something. And there's one where you have to launch chickens onto these floating platforms that are on a pond. All of them are boring. Controlling them is awkward, both the direction and the power. And they're just boring. They're just boring, right? <laughs> Next category of minigame. There are two or three uh, minigames that are basically, and when it came on, I was like, are you for real? But <laughs> a product of their time, I guess. They're, they're effectively some international track and field <laughs> type thing, right? And for younger listeners, because this is definitely a relic of a bygone era, what I mean by that is that you just have to hammer the ever-loving bejesus <laughs> out of two buttons simultaneously, keeping a bar at a certain level. Yeah. Because if you stop hammering those buttons, the bar decreases. Just piss right <laughs> off with that. And then there's, there is one minigame that's called Hen at Work. Again, excellent name. No beef with the name whatsoever. And Hen at Work is... Similar to that one, but it's more like a Parappa the Rapper style rhythm game where you have to repeat a phrase using the face buttons. Uh, it's okay, maybe. <laughs> there are at most maybe three ideas here, at most, that are dragged out for seven mini games. <laughs> I said it, I said it a, a while ago. They are of its time. They are definitely early 2000s, so I get why they're in a game that came out in the year 2000. 100% grand. But just, you know, I'm here to talk about playing it now. And playing it now, woof. <laughs> what side of the bed did you wake up on? Jesus. <laughs> they're great, Cullum. The mini-games are tremendous. What kind of nonsense are you spewing? These are, you're using the word 
great. I am quoting you, great. Adam <laughs> Carroll slapped down on the box. Adam Carroll says, these minigames are great. Had a great time with those minigames. Well, sir, kind, kind, sir. <laughs> then your bar for greatness is exceptionally low. <laughs> <laughs> the Bunty Egg Press. Come on. I mean, look, you know, you, you, can't, you, can, you can't overlook the fact that on a fundamental level, you, you well... You're launching a chicken from a catapult. I mean, not in the not in the Bunty Egg Press. You're actually for, force feeding them and then collecting the eggs. This, I presume, is your favourite mini game. I think my favourite one is probably the one where you fire chickens onto various uh, floating debris <laughs> in a small lake uh, because I don't understand the purpose of it, and that makes it b- b- uh, baffling but sort of fascinating to me. But I think it's to test how well the chickens fly. But. Um, I like the Bunty Egg Press. So the aim of the Bunty Egg Press is... Uh, so you've got to get the eggs to pay off um, uh, Timothy Spall's character. Because uh, he's not Timothy Spall here, but uh, the rats. Oh, know. he's certainly not <laughs> Timothy Spall. <laughs> no, 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 no. Nick and Fetcher were the rats. That's the one. Timothy Spall's only ever been in one video game. Grand Theft Auto Vice City Stories for the PSP. Just a little, little factoid. Mm. Bunty Egg Press, you got a hammer. Spall fact! <laughs> <laughs> you got a hammer, the uh, the A button on the Dreamcast. Don't know what it'd be on PlayStation, but I played on Dreamcast. I'm a, I'm a Dreamcast snob, right? Um, hammer the A button and you... Uh, feed the chicken there's a chicken sitting there waiting to be fed force fed really although he seems quite happy with it and the feed drops down into the chicken's mouth the faster you can hammer this button what uh, sorry there's multiple chickens hooked up to this feeding there's four chickens hooked up to this feeding machine so you hammer the button and the feed goes into the chicken's mouth and when the chicken's been sufficiently fed it lays an egg and uh, as they, uh, as I'm to understand, is the pr- procedure in modern farming. And you hammer the button as it goes, and it, so it feeds each chicken in turn. And then once you've done that, you alternate between pressing the uh, B button to then collect the eggs uh, as they drop down, which I think is brilliant. Um, it's deceptively difficult as well. Well, it's not as it's not as ridiculously I dropped a couple of eggs is what I'm trying to say it's not actually tough you know but but I was arrogant headed I was like well, I'm gonna smash this bunty egg press and then actually I did drop a couple I thought oh, I better wind my neck in because I actually need to concentrate on this thing um but but the thing is is that they are very simple I'm a big fan of mini games in everything I mean you're talking to a guy who loves uh Shenmue I think Shenmue's brilliant give me a mini game where a fella's doing squats in a gym any day um <laughs> I'm a big fan of little button hammering stuff. Love all that. But you can't underrate the uh, the reskin job. You know, you can put, you know, anything in Chicken Run and it becomes better. Um, because of the little noises the chickens make and the little fat bodies and the little legs going. It, I just lose it whenever I see them. Um, it's brilliant. And it's the same when you fire them for a cat. Especially if you miss. If, if you fire a chicken from a catapult and it just whacks into the ground, it was I erupted with laughter at that. Because they make the little noise and the little animation. They just sort of splat lifelessly into the ground. <laughs> it's just it's good stuff. I I like and also getting medals getting medals from Fowler is top stuff. Fowler's brilliant. His name is a pun and it's quite a good pun. It is. It is. Yeah. 
look, you know, they're not, it's not international chicken field. It's not quite as accomplished as some of the best out there, but it is decent. It's it's decent stuff. You know, have a heart, have a heart, have a heart for Bunty is what I'd say. Look, I said it already. I was in here. I was howling, laughing. I was having a great time. (laughs) He, 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 ho, ho, ho. My wife came in and she goes, why are you laughing? I go, look at this. Chickens getting fired from a catapult and they're hilarious. And she was laughing too. And we were all laughing under the one roof. (laughs) Fucking brilliant stuff. (laughs) You see? You see? It's chickens. Well, I'm convinced. (laughs) (laughs) No, look, what I will say, like, look, for fuck's sake, like, they are what they are. um, It's, uh, on a serious note, I will say that, like, the the simplistic nature of the button prompts and stuff, like, they just have a bit of a nostalgic feel to it at this stage. Uh, Whether they're good or shit, whatever, but it just, it's just one of those things. (laughs) (laughs) It's just one of those things. Um, that I was like, ah, fuck it, fine, whatever. <laughs> I was happy there was mini games. Let's put it that way. I was pretty happy, and it was kind of recreating certain like scenes that were very short lived in the movie and creating them into a little game. And I was like, ah, sure, look, whatever, grind. So that is what we thought of the boom boom of Chicken Run. So let us now discuss the most noteworthy mission leveler area of the game that stood out to each of us. So I have gone for Act 1, Mission 2, which is where you are finding items to dress up as uh, Mrs. Tweedy. This was when I was at my most impressed, I think. Eh, impressed is quite strong. I was at my most content, let's say. So th- this is quite literally mission two. It is effectively the first like proper mission after you're introduced to the game. And yes, as I said, you are playing as Ginger and Mac, another chicken, asks you to collect these items that belong to Mrs. Tweedy so that you then you could dress up as her and disguise yourself to enact another escape plan. I'm talking about the prep. Adam will talk about the escape itself in the level that he has chosen. The main reason I've gone for this is because this is, for me, before the game gets bogged down by those dag nabbit mini games. Mm. And it is before the game introduces other elements like other playable characters. But I do, I, I, I quite like the other playable characters. I'll, I'll talk about two of them in particular, Nick and Fetcher. Um, so by this point in the game, you know, you've become acquainted with your starting area, which is just a, a couple of chicken huts in a section of the farm. And here, what you do is you cut a hole in a nearby fence with wire cutters that you have acquired in a previous bit and that opens up a new area which is near the house of the Tweedies. You just poodle about there collecting items of Mrs. Tweedy and then you head behind the house to find her nighty. that's it uh, which is another thing that you need it's hanging on her washing line. I quite like this bit. You know it's, it's, it's quite nice. You can't reach it so you're like, hmm, what must I do here? Ah, my wire cutters that I used to cut the hole in the fence. So you actually take out your wire cutters, you cut the washing line that the nighty was on, so then the nighty falls to the ground and then you can collect it in your little chicken beak. Mm. And obviously you're you're avoiding the dogs, the two tweeties, all that while you're doing this. I do quite like that by the finish of the game, you are able to just travel around the entire farm 
But this section, it just stands out to me because it it just, it just doesn't include any of the mini game drivel that just floods the final games act. Mm. Adam, you went for, as I said, the bit that happens once you are dressed up in Mrs. Tweedy's garb. Yes. So you you end up dressing up as, well, the chickens dress up as Miss Tweedy. And what, what got me here was, um, and I think this is one of the things where I was like, ah, oh, this is it's pretty cool they did this, I suppose, for the game. Uh, in the movie, and it only really kind of, only on this rewatch after, jeez, oh, I've seen Chicken Run so many times when I was younger. This moment in the movie is, it's like two seconds. I actually thought, like, before, like, watching it again recently, that it was like a long, it, that it was this kind of scene that they were going out along a, a big plan. No, no, it's, it's during like kind of a montage almost in the movie and they immediately come out dressed and they're caught immediately and it's like very quick scene. So to make it into this little mini game, I was kind of like, all right. But the mini game itself is you are, uh, Miss Tweedy is just, is just going, walking on ahead. There's dogs behind kind of like coming after you and you have to balance uh, yourself with like the, the two button prompts so there's like a meter and if the meter is going one way you have to press the opposite button to make the meter come back that kind of thing is what's going on now <laughs> the thing about it is is that it's it's quite unforgiving <laughs> it, it, it's it's crazy how quick the, the thing goes from one side to the other and you're just like you're kind of all over the place and it's the, the the chicken or the fucking dog coming at you. I don't know what stories that them they're like. I don't know running on fucking oil or something. They, 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 there's the weirdest animation and all that jazz. But I think overall, it being the first mini game, I was kind of like, ah, oh, okay, that's that's pretty enjoyable. And it's once again me going, it's chicken run. That's a scene that I remember watching in the film and kind of thinking it was pretty funny as a little boy. And here it is made out into a kind of a moment in the game and it kind of still looks a bit funny. Josh, you have gone for something that, I don't know, elaborates, I suppose, on what Adam is saying about how they took elements from the film and, you know, uh, realised them in this game world. Yeah, I chose, I sort of cheated a little bit. I chose the Tweedy Farm in general, in part because... Uh, the game is very much what it is for the length of time that it is, and mm-hmm. then it ends. It's like it; it's kind of it's all one thing. Uh, but but I, I sort of thought, well, I'm going to choose the whole setting because I think that uh, Blitz games do a really really good job of recreating, like geographically, the setting from the movie, but also also the vibe. As I say, the music's good stuff. There's just a, there's a number of really cool little touches. Like when you do go into the house, the interiors are really, really nice. Graphically, by the way, because we're not even really said, and this is definitely part of this. Like it's, it's like that thing where it's a late PlayStation game. And so it's actually, or for me, like, I guess sharpened up a bit because I played the Dreamcast version. And it's just graphically like really, really quite good. Um, the textures and stuff are just pretty good and the sort of black and white tiled floor and the lighting was pretty good as well inside lighting outside lighting quite like the the searchlights as well like again metal chicken solid but also you know that was in the movie as well the kind of great escape style searchlight so it sort of works um yeah i just thought for a licensed thing you know, it happens an awful lot when you get licensed games that they don't really tap into the right vibes or the right setting or they don't really get that stuff right, you know. 
Spider-Man was famously naff for that. The, the Spider-Man, the movie, the game. You know, it just didn't really feel like the, didn't really feel like the movie. Whereas this one kind of nails it. It's also just like a cool uh, space. The fact that you get to open it up more as you as you go through the game and then sort of freely uh, pootle about at your own kind of whim. It's a, it's a, it's a, I know this sounds really bonkers. It's like a really like inviting space, but yeah, no, just, just, just a really lovely realization of a very cool setting. I thought. I, I am in total agreement. I, I think that the Tweedy farm is, it is nice to travel around and it's, as you're playing the game, you are gradually picking up little fragments of the uh, map of the world. Yeah. And that just looks cool as well. It does, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I totally agree on that. So yes, that is what we thought of the boom boom of Chicken Run as well as the most noteworthy mission leveler area that stood out to each of us. So we are going to take a quick break and then we will be back to discuss the story of Chicken Run. <laughs> Right then, this is the part of the podcast where we first discuss the narrative of the game we are talking about today. And of course, today it is Chicken Run. Now, if you couldn't tell from the way I recapped the story, I didn't particularly care for the narrative of Chicken Run, the video game. That is not called Chicken Run, the video game. It is just called Chicken Run. (laughs) It is a retelling of the film story. Yes, it requires knowledge of the film because otherwise you will be left confused on aspects of the story. It, if it was a sequel or something, fine, but it's not. This is introducing characters, set up, the lot, and yet it still asks that you'll have seen the film in order to understand why Ginger is mad at Rocky. Like, as I said, I, I, I've seen the film. I know why she's mad at him because he promises her the moon and the stars. Like, I guess he cons her in a sense. Like, he, he says he's able to fly and that he'll teach all the chickens how. Well, he doesn't do that. And then Ginger is, is cross at him. You don't get any of that in the game. Mm. Like, in the game, Rocky saves Ginger from death via the pie machine And then she hates him for some reason. Uh, Huh? I love the film. It is just fantastic. Only at time of recording, I watched it last night. So it's it's all fresh in my head. Like the the film, it, it, it has capitalism versus communism. It has feminism. It has revolution, rebellion. There is so much going on, but it is just never confused. It hits it all. It has charm and visually... It, it holds up much better today than any other CG films that came out around that time. It's just an absolute triumph. Mm. The game, to go back to the themes, it doesn't hit any of those themes that the film does. It, it even leaves out some. It, it stumbles over most. I'll just tell the listeners what I've actually written here in our doc, which is it's an awful retelling of a great story. Mm. The, f- the film gets you to care what happens to these chickens. The, the game just, <laughs> it just doesn't even bother. But there was a thing I wanted to play here. This is the first thing that you hear in Chicken Run, spoken by a character. This is Ginger, the protagonist of the piece, speaking to Mac, 
who is just, you know, your helper, your person that's going to guide you, your quest giver, I suppose. And this is just, it's all business and just very little heart. So take a listen to this. Hi, Mac. We need to get out of here and I've come up with a brand new plan. Well, Ginger Light, hear it. I've noticed that some parts of the fence are quite rusty and I wondered if we could cut through it. Aye. That's a thought. We could use that old butter knife from one of the huts, and I'm sure there are some broken shears around somewhere. I reckon if you get me those, I'll be able to make some crude wire cutters, which may be just good enough to cut that rusty wire. Great idea, Mac. I'll go and get them. But I'll have to be careful of the dogs. Do you get what I mean when I say it's just all business and very little heart? You're right in what you're saying, but, like, for me, I wrote down, just, like, oh, it's, it's Great Escape of Chickens. Mighty mm. crack. Like, mm. uh, I, that's because I just know what it is. I know what Chicken Run is. I suppose mm-hmm. I, when it, when we're talking about the game, yeah, you're spot on what you're saying there. It definitely doesn't go in depth in any way. It just gets down to business. Off we go. But I think that goes back to a lot of what video game movie tie-ins were. They just were. They were like, I, I think we briefly spoke with this in the chat column and I said too, it's like, who's going to pick up a game called Chicken Run if they haven't seen the film? So I think, like, deep down, like, they don't really, they're not going to really get into it. They're not going to repeat the film. They're just going to go, you just want to play as the fucking chickens? Here we go. Let's get but going. But they do repeat parts of the film. Like, that's my thing, is they they, they they repeat parts of the film whilst also doing another thing that I do want to praise them for. It's something you have said, uh, points in the podcast as well. I don't understand why you go this direction. And even, I, I totally get what you're saying. How many people are picking this up if you don't have prior knowledge of the film? And the film was massive as well, you know? Like, a lot, a lot of people saw the film. But I guarantee you, there are some people who, as kids, were playing this game having no knowledge of the film. Like, I, I, would, like to, I would like to know, like, if any of our listeners have ever played this game without ever even seeing the movie. Like, because there is, there is love for it. But I, I want to know, like, is that love because of the film or is it just because you thought it was a great game mm-hmm. and you played it when you were small and you just thought it was cool for what it was and because it went in that Metal Gear? Because, like, how many people would have played Chicken Run and not played Metal Gear Solid? <laughs> and would they have played Chicken Run and gone, this is fucking unbelievable? <laughs> Maybe quite a few. Like if you're seven, yeah, maybe you didn't play Metal Gear Solid in the year 2000. Yeah, maybe, maybe so. Like, look, it doesn't, it doesn't get into it, uh, which I suppose is a shame, but it didn't really throw me off, I suppose. What about you, Josh Wise? Yeah, I, it neither love nor hate for me, but just quite weird. I agree. It is funny. It's like, pick one thing, either just assume they know everything and then just do, I don't know, nutty stuff, or faithfully retell it. it like, it's weirdly positioned, like... It kind of is alongside the movie. So if you've seen the movie, you're absolutely right. Like, you'll have no problem at all because you'll know all the stuff. And you'll be uh, slightly confused if you haven't. But some things are how they are in the film. And then other things just sort of aren't. Well, it's. I guess if you succeed in catapulting numerous chickens over the fence, then that sort of breaks the plot of the thing. Because... because, because because then the movie that's does kind of what I was saying earlier is that well, yeah, yeah. You, you have to succeed in these mini games but also then you'll get a cutscene where it's like oh we really shat that up didn't we and it's like did you and like it's funny because in the movie 
she like uh, Ginger does mention like, oh, we've tried this and we've tried that. And like those things that she says she tried, they they do turn up in the game. So it is like an odd thing that you sort of have to. Uh, yeah, as you say, like be successful at, but then but then fuck it up. Um, yeah, just just a little bit bizarre, really. They just sort of went. But not wholly terrible like that is kind of cool that you get to i guess if you if you had seen the movie which i had obviously back then but didn't play this but if you did see the movie and then played this maybe you'd kind of go oh that's really cool we get to see her try using the wire cutters because she meant they she mentioned doing all these other methods in the movie but we never saw it so this is like extra chicken run this is a a deleted scene (laughs) from the movie where we see the catapult or something like that i don't know maybe they're yeah sort of like a little extra i i totally agree with you on that and you know adam you've said this as well um a while ago like the game succeeds narratively as a companion piece Mm. to the film in the film you get montages of ginger and all the chickens say collecting the disguise to dress up as uh, mrs tweedy or to whatever to do one of the escape Mm. attempts you get you know montages and like little brief glimpses the game is allowed then to flesh those scavenging the items bits out because obviously that would be you know be kind of it would really pull down the um (laughs) the, the the rhythm of the film you can't do it but in the game that's what you can do and as a way to frame the events of the game, I really like that. Fleshing out those bits that you don't see in the film. Like I mentioned earlier, when you control the two rats, Nick and Fetcher, in the movie, Ginger gives them eggs to get some items when they're building the plane. Uh, So she gives them the eggs and she gets her items. And that's pretty much it. Like here you were, uh, well, I was going to say, you see, you, you, you play as them and you see what they have to do and where they have to go in the house and all the things that they have to do with the little garage area and stuff (laughs) like that, the puzzles that they have to solve in order to gather these materials. Like genuinely a really clever way to go with this game. Mm. It just feels like, it is, yeah, trying to do that at points, but also trying to retell the film at points, and it just falls over itself. I remember Enter the Matrix did that, where it just sort of said, you've definitely gone out and watched Matrix Reloaded, because who hasn't? And actually, here's the story of those two random characters that show up for like one minute in that movie, and you wonder who the fuck they are. Well, here's a whole <laughs> video game about who they are. You know, it could have <laughs> leaned really, but yeah, instead, it's kind of halfway in between, but... There you go. So that is what we thought of the story of Chicken Run. And this is the part of the podcast then, our little miscellaneous section, where we uh, add anything that didn't fit in elsewhere or we neglected to mention. And I just wanted to briefly say, God, there's a lot of loading screens, isn't there? No, yeah, yeah, the old... It's very... <laughs> my yeah, CD-ROM loading, my friend. <laughs> Every yeah. time you go in or outside a building in Chicken Run, you get a loading screen, and these aren't short loading screens. No, you know, they do. They do take a while, and you are going in and out of a lot of buildings and rooms and just interiors. It's just a lot. It's an observation rather than a sort of critique. Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah. I would also like to point out that uh, the menu be going in like Fowler's little hut and that having the, the menu thing is brilliant. He's got the little case of the medals where you can have a look at the medals that you've won on the mini games. <laughs> and then like, you know, it sort of pans around to his locker and the, I can't remember what the thing for saving the game is. But yeah, I just thought that was a nice little, little flourish. So that is what we thought of Chicken Run, the video game. Not called Chicken Run, the video game, just called Chicken Run. So we are going to take a quick break and then we will be back with a segment we like to call The Verdict, which is where we summarise our thoughts on the game and also give it a rating. So we'll be back right after this. All right then, before we indeed summarise our thoughts on the game, let's have a look at what some of the critics were saying at the time this one came out. So first of all, our first review is from a David Smith who reviewed the game for IGN and gave it a 7 out of 10. And Smith said, quote, The fact of the matter is that they might have actually gotten a better game if they took even more from MGS. Originality is good, but quality will get you farther in the long run. Regardless, regardless of where it came from. Miguel Lopez uh, reviewed it for GameSpot and gave it 5.3 out of 10. And Lopez said, quote, While those who are fans of the film might find some redeeming quality in Chicken Run, most should definitely avoid it. Nicola Green reviewed it for Games Radar, and just in the score box it said, HIT! And uh, Green said, quote, The gameplay is engaging, and if you can withstand the loading times, rewards come at the end of them. Its biggest drawback is its shortness. Gabe Abacar reviewed it for a website called Happy Puppy, and they gave it a 7.5 out of 10. And they said, quote, Funny, funny game. <laughs> Fans of the movie will get a kick out of this bad boy. And finally, Joy Gray gave the game 3.5 out of 5 for DC Swirl. And Gray said, quote, With the admission of not having seen the movie, I can say without a doubt that Chicken Run is possibly the best movie to game translation ever. <laughs> Why? Well, mostly because it isn't a cookie-cutter, follow-the-pack clone put out to capture fans of the movie. Instead, it's a game of quite a twist. For the Dreamcast, at least, there isn't a thing like it on the console. So that's what everyone thought about Chicken Run at the time. But forget all of those opinions, lads, because none of those opinions matter. Because they were, they're not from 2023, which is when the opinions of Adam, Josh and Colm have been <laughs> said, I guess. <laughs> but yes, our opinions are the only opinions that matter as we bestow badges of approval or disapproval on Chicken Run. So how this works is that each of us will give Chicken Run a rating. That rating is either a pass, a play, or an espionage explosion. Uh, pass, we don't think you should play this game. A play, we think you should play this game. Or an espionage explosion, we really think you should play this game. All rationale for ratings is entirely up to whomever is bestowing the badge of approval slash disapproval and we change the order of badge bestowers on each episode and this week the order is as follows it is adam josh and colum so let's give our final ratings for chicken run starting with adam carroll um it's a pass <laughs> Josh Wise. Look, look, I'll quickly say, I'll quickly say, look, it, this isn't, this isn't unplayable. 
It is not an unplayable game. It's 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 fine. It's a fine game. I think the Metal Gear Solid situation is what makes this game stand out that little bit more of a uh, uh, like to make the conversation flow along. I can understand uh, fans kind of nostalgia towards it. I guess, um, uh, like. I know I've said mini, the mini games. The mini games are the mini games. They're not like this. This it isn't a play because of the mini games. They're just they're just there with the air. But overall, in twenty twenty three, you can't be recommending Chicken Run to somebody. You just can't. You can't be telling somebody to sit down and play it. Uh, Josh Wise, what say you? Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, it's a pass, but but it's you know. It's a fond pass. It's a it's a warm pass, you know, it, because it's not it's, Yeah. It's not the, the 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 chicken boom boom podcast. It's not the stealth chicken chicken <laughs> podcast, you know. It, 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 you got it, <laughs> if I, only I if only it were, you know, and and then we'd have a whale of a time, but you know, the stealth's not up to snuff and there's there's I mean the boom boom is is top notch. Um, <laughs> but I, 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 you know, ultimately, I mean, look, if you're bloody mad about the movie, check it out. Absolutely. If you're already that interested, but, but, but no, I'm not grabbing someone by the lapels in the bloody street saying, go out and get yourself a copy of chicken run. Um, the video game, crucially not, you know, do go out and get the movie. If you've not got it, it's, a, it's an absolute cracker. Um, but no, it's, it's a bit of pass. Do I even need to say it? I mean, it's a pass. Shock. But like, I I do want to add that yeah, I had massive problems with the camera, with the mini games, but things like the Tweedy's Farm, which I totally agree with your uh, comments on that, Josh. I think are exceptionally well realized. I like the f- I like when it's a companion piece to the film and when it sort of fleshes out the the gaps that are in the film. But like overall, it is just so awkward and such a relic of its time, despite the fact that, yes, it is a a peculiar, interesting thing in some ways. But for me, Chicken Run is a pass. So that is what we thought of Chicken Run. And I believe, as I check the records, the first game to get three passes. Is it? Ah, that's undeserved. Yeah. Oh, do you want to change it? Do you want to change it? I don't. We can't go back on it, but it's lousy that it's chicken run. Yeah, it's weird that it's chicken run as a, as opposed to like I just I was about to say one, but then the one I say was definitely one where I said play it. <laughs> <laughs> I I, just, I think it was remothered because I was looking at chicken run and look comparing it to remothered a tale of two fathers. A, t- a tale of two fathers? Brothers Brothers a tale of two sons. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, but I can't what's the name of remothered? What remothered tormented, tormented fathers. fathers. Tormented fathers. Right. Brilliant. Um what was I talking about that for? Forget it. <laughs> you gave that a play. Oh, yeah, you gave right. that a yeah, play yeah. when you probably should have given it a pass. <laughs> and now we're here and Chicken Run is now the first game to get all the pass. Uh, yeah. It makes no fucking sense because me and you, Josh, were kind of fairly fine with Chicken Run to a point. And here we are now, three passes. 
Are we the fools? You two are full of absolute cods wallop. Cods wallop. So that is what we thought of Chicken Run. And this is the part of the podcast where I normally, normally tell both of you to forget everything we just spoke about. But I've had a change of heart, boys. I've had a change of heart. Oh, yeah. Because on the next episode of Stealth Boom Boom, we're going to be discussing, reviewing, dissecting Ch- Chicken Run. It's going to be Chicken Run again, actually. I, just, oh, yes. I can't get enough. <laughs> Two weeks running. Why not? Why not? But not only Chicken Run. We will also be discussing games such as Tenchu, Stealth Assassins, Penumbra, Monaco, Basingstoke, Commandos, Deus Ex, uh, The Fall, obviously, Outlast, Dark. Oh, and the reason being is that the next episode of Stealth Boom Boom is going to be the inaugural edition of The Boomies Game of the Year 2023. Around this time of the year, every other video game podcast you listen to is going to be doing their Game of the Year podcast. But, you know, they'll be talking about, I don't know, Mario and Alan Wake and shit like that. Spider-Man and Baldur's Gate and what not us. No, no, no. We're going to be deciding what the very best game of 2023 is when it comes to the games that we have spoken about on this podcast. Right now, I have no idea how long the podcast will be. It 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 could be a half an hour or it could be close to 3 hours. Time will tell, but I can tell you that I am excited. Now, we're going to keep the, the, the plans for it under our hat, currently or under our collective massive hat. But yes, I am excited for it. Um, but either way, we, look, we're going to be talking about the, the 25 games we've, we've spoken about this year. So we are going to be back on the 26th of December. Boxing Day to Josh, St. Stephen's Day to myself and Adam. The day after Christmas Day to probably most of you. <laughs> but either way, to all of you, it will be Boomies Day. <laughs> so look forward to that. But now it is time to say thank you very much, dear listener, for listening to this very podcast. Of course, you can subscribe to this podcast via all your podcasting apps, such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, Amazon, etc., etc. Just search for us on there and you will find us. Please do also rate and review us on your podcast platform of choice. Five stars would be excellent. A little written review, if you can do that, would also be fantastic. All of those things do help. So, yeah, Spread the Christmas cheer <laughs> and do that if you can, please. Thank you very much. You can also follow Stealth Boom Boom on social media at Stealth Boom Boom. And you can follow all of us. I am at Colm underscore Hearn. Adam is at Adam Zokes. And Josh is at Joshy Wise. But now it is time for my least favourite part of the show. This is the part of the show where we must bid the listener adieu. So say goodbye, Adam Carroll. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Josh Wise. Bye. And say goodbye, Colin Mahern. Sloan Guffold.